We are uh, continuing in our message series in the book of James in the Bible, in the New Testament. James is really near the end and uh, of, of the book, and we're spending about 10 weeks just making our way through this amazing, somewhat controversial book of the Bible. And uh, today, uh, last week we talked about our, our speech, our language, the tongue, and today we want to talk about the heart. How's your heart today as we look at this? We're going to finish up chapter 3 today, picking it up at verse 13. So if you've got your Bible with you, whether a paper Bible, digital Bible, you've got it memorized, however you got it, uh, let's start at chapter 3, verse 13. James writes this, he says, If you're wise and you understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you're bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Wisdom is a pretty common theme in, uh, in, in James. And so we, we, we've touched on it before. We're coming to it again. And uh, so we'll, we'll kind of dig into that a little bit as we, as we get started. And we're talking about kind of character. It got me thinking about our our kind of incoming election season, another big election season. Now, what's, uh, you know, what's the one thing you're going to hear from every candidate? You're going to hear, it starts with a P, promises. You're going to hear all kinds of promises. When I'm elected, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. I can make sure this never happens again. We're going to take care of that. Some are say, <clears throat> you know, it's, and it's across the spectrum. Some of those promises are kind of shocking, kind of surprising to us. Like, like defunding police, think I don't know that anybody will vote for you if that's what you want to uh, come up with. But but they make all these promises and and occasionally they keep them and we're surprised actually when when they keep a promise and then actually things are get better or you know there's more jobs or there's prosperity we think wow they actually followed through on some stuff. More often than not, we 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 know those promises are are empty and a politician might be in office for 40 or 50 years and they keep saying, yeah, but this time I'm really going to do it. Okay. And we vote for them again and, and we keep getting disappointed because we sort of expect the worst, don't we? The rest of us can't live like that. The rest of us, we don't have that kind of that luxury. We, you know, if you, you parents, if you break a promise to your kids, they will never let you forget that, will they? They will remember it and say, yeah, but you promised this and you said that. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. Often they remember things that you've long forgotten, right? Or if you, uh, if you tell your boss, yeah, I'll be there, I'll get it done and, uh, I'll show up on time and then you don't, guess what? You don't have a job. You're done. You're out of work. So, you know, you would think, well, what does all this have to do with this passage that we just read, read in, in James? It's that James is shining a kind of a spotlight on this dangerous contradiction of claiming to be wise, but living like a fool, talking a good game, but not backing it up, right? A wise person backs up 
their words with their actions. And uh, James is actually, you know, he's building on what we looked at last week with our speech and our tongue. Um, that, you know, he said that the mouth should not supply both blessing and curses, that that's a contradiction, that we put ourselves under judgment in what we say, that our, our tongue needs taming. Those are all the things he was talking about that. But really, all of this is driven by what's in our heart, isn't it? Um, I brought a coffee cup. This is not like the movies or TV shows, and they're carrying a coffee cup, and it's it's always empty. You know it just from the way they carry it around. This actually has some coffee in it. And if you bumped me, what's going to come out? Yep, right? Actual coffee. Not not coffee with creamer, not coffee with some destroyed with flavored something in it. Just coffee. <laughs> coffee the way it was meant to be enjoyed. I don't know. Some of you just need some help with that. Um, not coffee turned into a Starbucks milkshake. Coffee, right? That's what's in there. You bumped it. That's what's going to spill out. If I had an orange here and I squeezed an orange, what would come out? For me, it might be coffee, but orange juice, right? What's inside is what comes out when we're under pressure, when we get into those bumps and grinds of life. And um, in, we just, we want to live a life, you know, James is helping us understand, we want to live a life that's consistent with the claims we make about our life, what we say, consistent with our, our faith. Being a person who, for example, actually keeps our word does follow through on what we say. Verse, verse 13, let's go back to verse 13. He says, if you're wise and you understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. And then he follows it up in verse 14 saying, but for the contrast here, if you're bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying making yourself sound better than what's really actually going on in your heart. Here's the takeaway. Just be real. Be real. Be transparent. None of us have this thing called life all figured out. That might be news to you. Let me say that again. None of us have this all figured out. We all have major blind spots in our life. We all have failures. Do not pretend that you've got it all together because you don't. None of us do. Let's be honest about that. I, I we could say it this way, in other words, you can't fake righteousness. You can't fake righteousness. You can fake a smile, right? You can fake sympathy. You can fake compassion even. You can, you can kind of carry it out for a while. But what James calls an honorable life, or another translation says a good life, or the old King James says a good conversation, a good interaction, that honest life cannot be faked. There's, there's a cool little formula here, actually, for a righteous or honorable life, right? So he says, prove it by living, verse 13, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Let me play that backwards for you, right? If you have wisdom, which we've already been told we can ask for, and God's generous, and he, he gives it to us. If you have wisdom, wisdom produces humility. Humility motivates good deeds or good works, and good works are the fruit or evidence of an honorable life. So you think about this. Think about somebody that you know who really does serve others. They do good deeds. They're amazing. And and aren't they also humble? And aren't they also wise? Do you see that thing? So 
We ask the Lord for wisdom. That wisdom produces humility. That humility motivates good deeds. This is the, this is the formula. And that's evidence. That's fruit of a good life, an honorable life. If you, uh, think, no, I just, I can be a nice person. You can be, but, but it's going to fall apart eventually, or it's going to create resentment in your own heart, your own life, even toward others, if it's not motivated by humility and wisdom. I don't know, maybe you've seen this, for example, in, let's say in healthcare, if you've had a, a parent or a loved one, let's say in a, in a care facility, and you might have a, a, a caregiver who's, who's capable, they've got the skills, but they just do it as a job. And there's a certain roughness to the way they handle your, your mom or a certain kind of, sh- you know, shortness in the way they talk, a little harshness. You think, come on, have a little compassion here. And then you've got others who maybe they don't necessarily even have all the perfect skills, but they, they serve with a kindness and a tenderness. And you think that's, that's what I want. I would rather have imperfect skills with that heart. Now, brain surgery is something different. I don't care what your character's like as long as you're good at it. Like that's, that's a different matter, right? But, but, uh, we, we want a heart motivated by wisdom, humility, leading to good deeds. And, uh, and he warns, um, that, that the opposite can happen, right? Verse, he says he warns of bitter jealousy, right? He talks about bitter jealousy. Verse 16, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition saying, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind where there is jealousy and selfish ambition there you will find disorder and evil of every kind so the heart not motivated by wisdom humility good deeds is likely to be mired in chaos and so i want to say this if that's you today deal with your chaos face your chaos if that's you today um you know if you've got um a, a situation where your life is caught in some some repeating chaos maybe it's it, and I'm not talking about the chaos that's sort of been dumped on you by somebody else, but I'm talking about the chaos of your own making. Check your heart to see if there is any bitterness, jealousy, selfish ambition in there. And then if, that, if that's the case, deal with it. Face your chaos. Think about that this way. You've seen a couple of toddlers fighting over a toy, right? Toddler A's got the fire truck and is happily playing with that. Toddler B's got the helicopter and, and toddler A suddenly notices toddler B's having fun with the helicopter. Toddler A drops his fire truck and goes after toddler B's helicopter. There could be three more heli- toy helicopters on the floor right around her, but he wants that one because she's having fun with that one. So that's the one that she wants to grab. And she grabs it and sh- sh- shouting and screaming and cries and crying and ensues. And you think, come on, kid, you've got a toy. And there might be a hundred more toys all around, but what's happening jealousy, selfish ambition. It's just innate into, into, it's kind of wired into our very DNA, unfortunately. And, and, and I would say the same thing. We might be doing that needlessly grasping at something out of jealousy or out of selfish ambition. So when I say deal with your chaos, face your chaos, what am I talking about? I'm talking about, you know, just financial mess, relational mess, uh, you know, like, just perpetual employment issues, addiction, anger, rage, depression, kind of that life chaos stuff. And to be clear, I'm not saying that those things are necessarily a result of jealousy and selfishness. But if jealousy and selfishness are present, those things are going to follow. And so I'm just asking you to say, 
man, I, I've just been kind of on this, you know, wheel of just going around and around these same issues. Face the chaos. Deal with it. Look at what's in your heart and, and see if that's part of it. And if you're stuck in that crazy cycle, Jesus can help you. Get people around you. Get where you can be real with others. Get some help and, and, and own up to those things. Bring that mess to Jesus. I think maybe the best takeaway from from this uh, this whole passage is the, is the principle here that right living starts and ends in wisdom. Right living starts and ends in wisdom. You've probably heard wisdom illustrated this way, that knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Right? That's, you know, if there's that kind of a helpful way to kind of think about wisdom. And, and so if you want to live right, ask yourself, is what I'm doing wise? Or another way to put it, we, what would a wise person do right now? What would a wise person do right now? And then do that. If you're tracking with us in the R&R uh, devotional readings that we make available here, you know we've just finished the book of Proverbs. And in Proverbs, there's three basic kinds of people. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's the, uh, the wicked person, the foolish person, and the wise person. The wicked person, they're pretty easy to spot. They love destruction. They love tearing things down. They, they love making a mess and bringing evil. It's easy to see that one in the news right now. We're seeing the worst of human behaviors, from property crimes to, to crimes against women and children, some of the things we even just talked about. Sometimes an evil person will hide behind a good cause, right, a charitable idea and so on, but their destructive ways are going to tell the truth about what's really inside them. So that's kind of the wicked person. The, the foolish person in Proverbs is they're not evil. They just do dumb things and make dumb decisions, and repeatedly so. So the fool is you know, is unfaithful to his wife or sleeps when he should be working or wasteful with his money. The fool ignores good advice, mistreats uh, their parents, right? There's hope for the fool, but they've got to be willing to, to, to find it, to receive it. And then the third type is the wise person. Back to wisdom. The wise person seeks more wisdom. They, they can handle correction, even if it hurts, even when they have to be pulled aside say, hey, what you did there or what you said there or the way this came across, I, you know, that, that, that was this way. And, uh, and it, it stings. It doesn't feel good. But a wise person says, okay, I can receive that. I can, I can work on that. They, they feed on good sources. They prepare for the future. They uphold the law. They, 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 they're, you, you know, they respect society and that kind of civility. And then, so what happens in, in Proverbs, the, the wise person is generally equated with righteousness or as also a righteous person. You get the idea. Right living starts and ends in wisdom. Wisdom is the key to a godly and honorable life. Wisdom is fundamentally unselfish. It seeks to serve and to bless others. I'm going to invite Christy and uh, Josh and Jared to, to come back to the platform here. We've got one closing song to sing. But I want to say this, that wisdom is both a gift from God, but it's also acquired by diligently seeking for it, looking for ways to do it. No one becomes wise just automatically on their own. You seek help. You seek mentoring. You seek guidance. You seek the Lord. 
you read the Bible and you actually apply what you're reading and studying. Don't just study the Bible, actually put it into practice, as Jesus says. That's, he said that's what the wise person is. Jesus said a wise person is the person who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, unlike the foolish person who, who hears and ignores it. And that wise person is like, like someone who builds their house on solid foundation, on a solid rock. How's your heart today? Think about this. How's your heart today? Is it your heart's desire to live an honorable life? Is that in the, is that in the desire of your heart to live a life that's, that's pleasing to God? Do you want to be someone that others can count on, that they know you're going to follow through when you make a commitment? If that's the case, I just invite you, even as we sing this song, just to, just to have a come to Jesus moment. Just honestly open your heart before the Lord and say, Jesus, can you show me what's actually going on in my heart? Can you just open that door and let me peer in? What's going on in there? Am I, am I dealing with jealousy? Am I dealing with any bitterness? Lord, is, are there things in my, that my heart that are, that are keeping me from receiving your wisdom? Am I being selfish? Is there chaos there? God, or is there a place where wisdom and humility and good deeds are growing? He concludes the passage by, by, by calling us to be peacemakers who plant seeds of peace and, and reap a harvest of righteousness. You can do that. You know where you plant those seeds of peace? You planted those seeds of peace in your own heart and in the lives of other people. It, it, it's not some big grand thing and I, I'm gonna go on a protest and I, I'm gonna, you know, do some massive thing. Those seeds of peace are, are small and they're planted in your conversations and in your interactions with people. And it start all comes back to this thing of wisdom. God, would you stir more wisdom in my life? God, make me someone who's willing and ready and desiring to actually seek wisdom, putting that into practice in my life. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a closing song. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we, we don't have the resources in our own selves that we need. And so God, we just, we just come back to you again today afresh. Say, God, would you fill me afresh today with your Holy Spirit and with your spirit of wisdom? And Lord, I'm just asking you to turn the light on, shine it on those places in my own life that are dark, that are places of jealousy, selfishness, bitterness. Lord, those things that have have caused me to ignore the needs of others and have caused me to just protect myself and build my own kingdom. Lord, instead, make me... Make me wise so that I can be humble, so that I can serve you and serve others in good works, so that you'll be glorified, that you'll be honored in all these things. And friend, if you don't know Jesus personally, it's not hard. We Sometimes we just call it the ABCs. To A, admit that you need saving. To B, is to believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died for your sin and rose again. And C, to, to commit your life to follow him. And if that's you today saying, yes, yes, yes. I need Jesus. Just to say, Jesus, I admit, I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. And to believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died for your sin and is willing to forgive you of everything. And then committing to your life to follow him as the Lord and leader for all your days. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your great love for us.